Okay, we're back. Welcome back, uh, listeners. Flix Radio. Today I'm joined by Carlos. Hello, Lewis. All right. Joined with Joe, producer Joe. Lewis. Carlos. Yeah. Nice. And we've got our special guest, DJT, is back in the house again. Hello, boys. There he is. Boys, pleasure. Just as a heads up, we did try to record this episode last week, last Sunday, and this is how it went. So, as Lewis, as we know, you've got a huge love of Naples. It is my favourite place in the world. And those celebrations of two months. I need to. Yeah, I don't know. Go on, give give me a little slap. We might have to meet up again. (laughs) (laughs) This is is a shambles. I've never felt this this bad. This is an an absolute. Now, I know that I can't do it. I know I can't do it either. Toby's the only man delivering. Toby's always. Always on fire. Why is he delivering? Joe, mate, you're <laughs> delivering as well, but like. Maybe me and Joe should. Yeah, do you think we chat? We're not doing our. We're not, we're not going to do the film justice. We attempted to record a podcast about the DJ. Not DJ Maradona, what is it? <laughs> about the Diego Maradona film. Uh, the. Uh, would you call it a biopic? Is that what they call these things? Biopic. biopic. I, I think biopic might have to be uh, dramatised. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Well, it was a documentary in, in any way. It's a biographical film. There you go. Uh, about um, DJ Maradona, uh, focused on his time in Naples. Um, and we, uh, well, we got about 18 minutes into the recording and we were... Every single one to a man was far too hanging to keep on talking. It's one of the most shambolic things I've ever been a part of. And we promised that we would never uh, record a podcast hanging again. So I'd just like to have a little, put your hand up in your room if you're hanging. For the benefit of the listeners, <laughs> my hand's up. I'm so sorry. Yeah, I'm put, all... put it this way, listeners, we were falling out the back of a shisha bottle <laughs> quarter to one last night. And I was in bed by half past. Oh. <laughs> Yeah. If you wow. wanna, if you wanna know a little secret, and I'm not proud of this at all, when I got in after the shisha bar in Greenwich, yeah, we were at North Pole by the way. I played just, <laughs> just, just, just to brag. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure we should tell the whole story of last night in a minute. Yeah, it was quality. We'll but um, I, 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 yeah, I, I'm ashamed to admit that I got in at 1:30. And then played a draft on the <laughs> oh, until three thirty. Big man, that's brilliant. That's fantastic. Uh, but yeah, so basically, in essence, uh, we attempted to do it last time with two hanging. Today, we're going to do it again. We're not quite as hanging. Well, personally, I'm nowhere near as hanging as I was last time we attempted this. Uh, so, and it's also a Saturday rather than a Sunday, so everything's a bit more upbeat anyway. So, we'll hope that this one goes better than last time. Um, but basically. Uh, we went to see a live screening of the film on one of its opening nights and the director gave a talk about it as well. So, Joe, anyone in the room know a little bit more about the director and they can fill us in on a bit more of the context of the film? So it is directed by Asif Kapadia, the well-known documentary maker from London. Um, He's a BAFTA and Oscar-winning documentary maker, so that says it all, really. And he's also responsible for the well-known biopics Amy and Senna on Amy Winehouse and Ayrton Senna, respectively. Mm. So he likes a film about a uh, with a, with more than a tinge of a tragedy. It's fair to say. And um, Toby's got a little fact about those two as well. <laughs> yeah, Senna. I think Senna became the highest-grossing documentary of all time. Oh yeah. And then Amy broke that record. So, Christ. Yeah, he's a. Uh, 
it's yeah, it's, he's a bit of a bit of a big name in the documentary yeah. scene. And all all three films only use archival footage. So it's very uh yeah, it's very different from your standard sort of mm. cutting to interviews, etc. etc. It's um yeah, that's true. that's what you usually expect in a yeah in a thing. It's like a cut, and you see like a journalist sat on a chair heads. in a room chatting yeah. about stuff, and it goes back. But this was all just played out in front of you. Yeah, after yeah. listening to an interview with him, I think what I realised is that what separates him from most other documentary makers is he absolutely goes that extra mile to make sure that the content he's producing is just at the highest level. Mm. Um, yeah, it was. We'll get on to it later on, but yeah. certainly from his first two films as well, it's like basically flawless in their presentation of people's lives. But as a really quick, so obviously this is different to our usual uh, patterns because we don't really have to talk about the plot of the film because people know about his life, but really quickly, can one of you give the punters a little uh, a little explanation of what happened in the film? Yeah, so it's called Diego Maradona and it's a documentary about the life of the man himself and more specifically about the extreme ups and downs of his career at Napoli in the south of Italy, both on and off the pitch. What aspects or themes or anything from the film did you guys like? What what would you how would you sell it to the punters? I'd say you don't you don't have to be a football fan to watch this film. Uh, it's a in in similar light to Amy and Semmer, it's a classic kind of hero to not not villain, but like you know, kind of like a crumbling hero and you, you watch it all play out. Um, Maradona was treated like an absolute god in this city and the nature of the city meant that he just couldn't survive there. Um, yeah, in a similar way to Amy, you, you see a lot of, I think that the press is kind of like very much the villain of this film. So the, you, you see scenes of like photographers outside his house every single day he'll get out of a car and they just follow him to the training ground and stuff like that. So yeah, the, the guy couldn't exist. So that coupled with the fact that the Napoli fans are probably the most, some of the most adoring in the whole of Europe. Uh, he was just suffocated in this city and eventually led to various vices that led to his downfall and meant he had to leave the, leave the city. Yeah. It's kind of similar to Amy in the sense of you get the feeling that, well, the film, what the film really comes across is that there's a raw talent that yeah. basically people want chunks of it throughout your life, and you're left, yeah. like you're left effectively with like an empty like husk because mm. you don't even know like what you can't remember like the reasons that you got into this in the first place, and like the people that you were set out to like look after and please have been like completely you're so like alienated to them mm. that you're just basically this like walking god, but you don't even really know like what it is that you're supposed to be doing anymore. And that's really played out well in the film where he's, he is a god, like there's no two ways about it. He invents, like he reinvents like the whole like purpose of a sissy. But then as of anything, if you're, once you've reached a high that big, you can only go down at certain points and people are like kind of, kind of starting to like look for his downfall. Um, but yeah, there was a certain moment in the film where his downfall was like played out, which is basically, this is where like the fact that the documentary had so much actual footage came really into play because the, the basically there was it was what year was the World Cup? Ninety. It was Italian ninety, 90 wasn't yeah. it? Yeah, Italian ninety, and he was obviously playing for Argentina against Italy in uh, the semi-finals. I want to say, and but and they'd and they'd put the semi-final match in Naples, which like all the press and everyone were kind of going, this is like mad. You can't put Maradona playing for the opposition, but in Naples Stadium, mm. like this is just not going to end well. 
Um, and he'd already before the match, he'd been saying to the local supporters, look at the way you're treated by Italians. Surely you want to support Argentina, support me in this match rather than them, which obviously is a bit of a weird one as well. So they're starting to like, cracks are starting to show. And then he knocks Italy out in the semi-final of their host nation World Cup with the penalty kick. And like then at that point, just everything comes crashing down, which is like the, the, like, uh, like the moment that the press were really waiting for to be like, yeah, this person isn't like who we want him to be. He's uh, then X, Y, Z come out about his like private life, which it's got to say his private life is pretty nuts. Mm. Yeah, um, which is kind of why he's such a such a name now rather than like other. There's been a lot of incredible footballers, but part of the reason, apart from him being exceptional, is the fact that his private life was mad. Uh, yeah. But yeah, just to lead on um, from your point about uh, these kind of classic stories of these kind of tra- classic tragedy stories. A common thread is that they get into it so young mm. that, like, how can they even possibly? They weren't mature enough to uh, even know, kind of, even think why they're getting into it yeah. in the first place. Do you know what I mean? You don't even like you don't you don't you don't know who you are at that point. Exactly. Like, so Amy Winehouse like blew up when she was still a teenager. He was at fifteen, like a superhero. Like you don't know who you are by then. If I was like this, you know, it's like you kind of like stop in time because it's at that point your like natural development stops and you're just this like meta being so your whole development stops so you're kind of a stunted 15 year old for the rest of your life because you don't you haven't like naturally like evolved into whatever you're actually going to end up being it's like the queen <laughs> <laughs> it's like trent alexander arnold as well Did you... you're, you're so obsessed with trent alexander arnold he's the greatest but there was some story that came out when he was like 17 or something like that and he's he trent still yeah trent and he was um DMing some girl online and, and his, his, his bars were just absolutely terrible. And, <laughs> and like people were, people were kind of saying it was a bit, I think it was like tones of harassment or whatever, but, and then other people pointed out that he's literally just like a 17 year old kid who's got no idea what's going on. Like, yeah. um, what kind of stuff was he saying? I, uh, if, I, if I knew it off the top of my head, we'll, we'll get one of the back room staff getting on yeah, it. Yeah, producer Joe, can we have a quick Google? Just if you can't find it in 30 seconds, then don't worry about Surely there's got to be some screenshots out there. I'll just get one of the runners on it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but right, um, what you're saying about like once you're stunted growth, like once you become mm. a god, I think that what the what um, Amy and Maradona show so well is that once you do get put on the pedestal to become yeah. a god, you you're not allowed to be a human anymore. That's a that that's a beautiful point. That <laughs> yeah, that's actually really nice. No, I agree. Yeah, and you've, got, you've left like the normal bounds of what's acceptable and people have natural rises and falls but once you're a god that's not allowed yeah and you and you can't be human on the level that they got into these things like football and music because it's such, such a passionate thing you do it because you love it mm. you don't do it you don't necessarily get into it because you want everyone screaming your name and stuff like that and coming to your house and knocking on your door you just do it because it's your escape you amy Winehouse had problems she loved writing music putting her emotions out maradona came from pure poverty in argentina he was seen as a little black kid which mm. i didn't know yeah, they, they, that's quite an uncomfortable view in that, isn't it? In his country, he he's what he's barely even brown. Mm. He's just dark skinned. Yeah, and he and yeah, he was seen as this little poor black kid. And football was his escape, his way of getting out of that poverty. So they got into it for pure reasons, and then just the level that they get put on the pedestal just completely rips that away from them, and they become just restricted. And it's clear that that's what like leads to their downfalls. Mm. But the film itself is just amazing in showing that and that's why I'd recommend it to anyone to see. Yeah, it seems kind of unfair. Usually we, well, when we first started doing this, I quite liked the idea of reviewing shit films because it's much funnier. So, And it seems 
the normal like format that we follow seems unfair now because you can't. I think we all were pretty much in agreement that it was just like sensational, like a geniusly well put together. Um, but if you had to, if oh, you, oh, sorry, just thought your Toby's bleeding I got, again. I got bleeding Toby. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually, uh, it's like a bit of a routine. Right. As, you, as I'm sure you found out in the uh, the last the last the time, last time I was on. I've got a thing with bleeding. <laughs> Toby's got a blood problem. Yeah, I actually do have a. Um, sorry, this is. It's going to get quite deep. Yeah, I do have, yeah, yeah. What is it? Blood. No, no, I get cold. I get cold hands and cold feet, and I wonder if that's related to having like quite brittle skin. Mm. Yeah, I've essentially that's... got. I've listen. I've got a bout of athlete's foot in between, <laughs> in between the second and third toe, <laughs> and it's. Uh, it's led to blood. <laughs> Do you want to know what's incredible about this listener? What? Is that after a couple Listeners, of weeks ago? By the listen, way. Oh yeah, <laughs> I forgot. I forgot. Sorry. Big us up. Um, after Toby's story about the bleeding laptop situation, <laughs> we had, we were at a festival across the tracks two weeks ago, which was shout out to that festival. It was a great day. Um, oh, but no, we no, actually no, appreciate that. We actually saw the girl whose house it was, who who that whole situation happened. Found out her name and everything. Yeah, we found out her name. And 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 her blood type. My my girlfriend came up to me and had spoken to this girl, and the girl who Toby had bled on and was so angry about the whole time. I I I didn't bleed on her. (laughs) The girl whose house Toby bled in. Just bled on her dissertation. Yeah, yeah. On a part of her. But yeah, um, Annie was then coming up to me like. Yeah, um, she's really into Toby. So oh, after, after all of that, I did kind of get those vibes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. After all of that, the, the blood work—he put his blood, sweat, and tears into it, and it came off. Well, now that he's bled live on air, who knows about the number of female punters that are going to be asking for his, asking for his socials? Um, Rushing at the window. Right before, before Toby died, uh, I was asking if anyone had any negatives about the film. Is as unfair as it seems um, to do, but I, I have to do it. I'm afraid. I'd like to. I'd like to put it out there. Like, how how much do you think? So so before the film, Asif Kabadia said, I think someone asked him like, this this guy's your hero. Um, has this like changed your perception of him basically? And he said, I've I have changed my perception, but I'm not going to say what I think. Mm. And this is kind of the point of the film. I'm like laying out this character for you and you judge him sort of. Do you think that he, well, he do you he, think it was a fair reflection of, of Diego? Like I, I'm not sure if I thought the whole plot about like the media kind of being the, the villain in mm. the film. Sure. That's like very intense, but I wonder what you thought maybe about like, if, if he could have gone a bit more deep into like Diego's actual character. Yeah, I mean, I think that's a very valid point, actually. Um, I don't think he would have. I don't think the film would have been allowed if it did go any deeper, yeah. because obviously it was a film that was um, okayed by Maradona and his mm. team. Yeah. It had to be of a certain standard and to shed him in a certain amount of good light. Do you think he came across badly? I actually think that um, it was really sympathetic to Maradona. Yeah, and because so he because it's a he said it was a trilogy. The director said it was a trilogy from Senna mm. and Amy, and I haven't seen Senna, but I've seen Amy. Mm. And in that, the whole thing is like, look what this horrible media society did to her. And then in the same way, it's like it, the media and her dad, isn't it? Yeah, and her dad as well. well yeah. yeah, her dad looked terrible in that. He was fuming. But um, 
in. You have a bad haircut or something. <laughs> <laughs> but um, in Maradona, it's the same thing. It, it paints him sympathetically as like this poor kid who got wound up into all of this stuff, and the city and the media tore him down. But you are probably right that he kind of got off scot free on the fact that mm. he he had a kid. Well, yeah. Called <laughs> Diego Armando Maradona, who he didn't accept until he was like 30. And, was 30 yeah. and everyone knew it was his kid. That's pretty scumbag behaviour. That's clip, trash. So the, and the clip they use at the end of the film is this kind of like emotional embrace. And if I was that kid, I'd absolutely hate it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't imagine they've got that <laughs> and, kind of relationship. And I think Diego's also just taken responsibility for th- I saw in the three, news other kids. three more kids in Cuba. Yeah, he's got <laughs> takes his total up to eight. And I think he maybe only initially claimed one or two. Of them. <laughs> um, so, Do yeah, think... I think maybe he was a, a bit glorialized, but I guess that is the point of the film. He's yeah. st- and he's still he's still alive. Yeah. That is the thing. He's still alive as well. So, like, do you think that if you weren't into football, you'd watch that film <clears throat> and think differently of him? Because we've grown up thinking that Diego Maradona is a god, and like we adore football and we adore what he does in the football pitch. But you think if you just came in to watch that, didn't give a shit about football, didn't know about him before it you just come out and think wow this bloke's a scumbag I don't think I don't think so because I, I I think I could really like put my football um, interests aside putting my football interests aside I, I really think that I would come away still feeling a bit sorry for him yeah. <laughs> basically because that was really what the narrative was and I think that's fair as well yeah yeah but that's a fair reflection I think at, at, at the at the end of it as well, what we keep what what we haven't mentioned, not forgotten, was he was a drug addict. Mm. Like Amy was a drug addict as well, so that's another comparison. But like, there is a time when uh, you can take a hardline approach and say he's just a rich playboy footballer who loves cocaine. Or you could Tory opinion there. Yeah, or you could be a bit more like compassionate and say like this guy was getting peddled coke by the Gomorrah. Yeah. yeah. And like yeah, his relationship with the mafia—they had him so, wrapped so, around so their finger. So sexy though. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when you hear about these things, like Sinatra was like allegedly in like in bed with the mafia as well. It just makes him seem so much cooler. But yeah, and the bloke that yeah, like the mafia boss or whatever it was, it was always photographed with him. It was honestly one of the best looking men I've ever seen. Worth watching the film just for him. Yeah. Jesus yeah. Christ, he had cheekbones. Fucking hell. <laughs> And uh, a little shout out to season one in terms of football, yeah, because we all love football. Where does this? Joe's more rugby kind of guy, isn't he? Oh, yeah. <laughs> and Toby likes cricket. I, I love cricket. <laughs> <laughs> on, on a brief summary, where does this? Where did that film leave you, considering Maradona in terms of like the greatest of all time debate? Um, football talent. In terms alone. of a, a footballer alone. Oh, he's right at the top for me. I think better than Messi. Seriously? Yeah, man. I just think that's big. Do you reckon though? I think I'm. I I disagree with you, Joe. But do you think that if this is why you can't really do this debate? Because do you think if you put Maradona now with the training that people have and with like the like scrutiny that people have in terms of him and Messi live, have lived very different lives and have had very different careers? But do you think if Maradona benefited from the same kind of, Mate, kind of put it like, this way, put it this modern way, modern ways he could well like. I, I don't. I don't think Messi would be quite the player he is if he was smashing it from Sunday to Wednesday. <laughs> <laughs> if he, if he, if Messi had a coke addiction, it was smashing it from from Wednesday, from Sunday, Sunday to Wednesday. And then I, I don't think he'd be half the player he is now. So true. Also, <laughs> also, I, I don't know another player who's taken a team who are like mid-table obscurity yeah. and then taken them literally to win Champions League league and, titles. 
and taking his country to the World Cup. Yeah, um, well, it's, I don't it's think the, there's like, a comparable. A lot of player. people in Argentina do regard Maradona ahead of Messi yeah. purely for that reason and for like, like yeah, World Cup. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, like what? What I I wasn't even referring to that kind of bigger picture, but <clears throat> what my point, um, I, I I was just comparing them purely based on like looking at them with a football at their mm. feet. Yeah, I just think Maradona naturally just mm. looks just so elite, and Messi. I don't know. I'd, I'd I'd prefer the way he looks with a ball at his feet. To be honest with you, is it? Was that's, it, was that's it the because only... he was wearing a chain though? He was like warming up in like a fleece top and a hoodie. Yeah. Down I was like, yeah. oh god, you're so, yeah, again, you're so and his, his, his legs are incredible. Yeah. Oh my <laughs> god, Jesus! Uh, One of my favorite things when you were talking about uh, thingy, um, what's his face, Maradona, um, literally smashing it from Sunday night to Wednesday night, and then they speak. You kind of see like the echoed by the city when they speak about. Uh, when he first wins the league with Naples, with Napoli, um, and they, said, they had a little thing came up saying uh, <laughs> like the city celebrated for two months, yeah. months. and yeah. they had like full carnivals and like whatnot for two months. Well, in, in like in what other city? So, bit of a spoiler for part two, but we we recently went there, and I, I can't think of any other city in the world I've been to where like the most available shot um, shirt you'll see you know, be it a fake, um, mm. I mean, mainly fakes, is a Maradona shirt, a Maradona yeah, yeah. 10 shirt. And this is, what, 30 years later, almost? 30 years later, and they've had incredible players since then. Yeah. And they've had success since yeah. then. Yeah, and they, not as much. And but. they hated him as well. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> fake fans. Yeah. <laughs> oh. But yeah, anyway, I'm yeah, going to get on to what I liked about the film. That's all right, mate. Sorry, first of all, Carlos, do you want a beer? Why do you think I need it? Well, I mean, <laughs> no, no, it's just like you having some of mine. And well, I've, I've, do, you yeah. want to, do you want to share a bit? Uh, I'll have a bit of a beer in the cup, yeah. If, if, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, can I have mine, please? Yeah. The listeners we love in this bit. Yeah. <laughs> you need to watch Rick and Morty, Lewis. There's I'm never going to watch that. You need to here. watch Rick and Morty. I'm never going to. Honestly, just keep banging on with the uh, Barry, whatever his name is. Barry what? No. Uh, you're much more likely to get me onto um Big Mouth. No, no, no. Oh, uh, Barry David, you fuckhead. Larry David. Larry David. Oh. Barry, whatever his name is. <laughs> You're much more likely to get me onto that than with cartoons. <laughs> I'm not a fucking idiot. No, Lewis, there's a there's a, um an episode where it's like watching interdimensional TV, and there and this guy's recording an advert, and it's all about like when does the advert see how you love it to keep rolling. Yeah, and it's like it never stops. There's a bit in it, where he, where he's like, does his advert, and he's like, I'm selling doors, fake doors, real doors, and then he like, it's the advert still on, and he's like driving home. Yeah. And they're going like, wait, is this still the advert? And they're like, what the fuck? He's at his house. He's 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 cooking. He's making a sandwich. And then they're, and then they're like, oh, let's change the channel. He's like, this. and then he starts doing the advert. Yeah. I'm gonna show you on YouTube. Yeah, 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 I honestly couldn't. You you will like it. All right. Okay. I don't. Yeah. I do like to keep running though. It's, it's hilarious. I think it's good to keep stuff keep stuff running. Mm. The podcasts I listen to that I like the most are just like one of them might walk out the room for a bit and then come back for a bit and then have a chat and then be like, ah. Oh, just remind myself I had an absolute nightmare in regard to podcasts recently. Yesterday, <laughs> really. Acast. So Acast. What no, is no, Acast? No, Acast is like, like a platform. podcast. Do they have us on it? Mm, You're actually not. It's really bad. No, it's not. It's not one of them. Yeah, we'll bleep this out then. I use it. Do you yeah. love it? No, so I, I've been using it for months, and yeah. like I subscribed to probably 
like 120 podcasts on there or something like that. Mm. And it had a, a uh, yeah, ridiculous amount. And it had a lot of cricket. And it had a, um, <laughs> yeah, it had like a bug the other day. And so usually if there's like a bu- bug on an app, they'll bring out an update. And so I was just like, fuck it, I'll just delete it and re-download. Oh. Deleted it and all of my podcasts are gone. <laughs> like I said, ACOST is so bad. Yeah, I, 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 tw- I tweeted them. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Honestly, should, what was it? Uh, out in the open or was it DM? Mm. Tell me it was out nothing, in the open. Nothing too rude. <laughs> Let everyone see it. <laughs> nothing yeah. too rude, nothing too mad. <laughs> no, Toby, I've got the problem with ACOS. When I'm listening to a podcast, it, it reboots, it, it starts again. <laughs> really? It's the only app I've ever had that with. But no, like, it's like my favourite one. I just like the feed. I think yeah. it's like the most. Yeah, we don't have us. So I'm not really. I'm not feed based. The app I use isn't feed based. Really? It's like, like I, I, I like read, <laughs> read podcasts. No, I, I kind of like scroll <laughs> podcasts like I'm scrolling Instagram. Like every day, I'll have like 15 new podcasts. How much? Geez, I actually think memory Spotify we, is what memory you podcasts, you know. Yeah, Spotify is the only Spotify one. Really I don't need Spotify. Spotify is the only one. Spotify I know, is what, only I know exactly what you mean, what though. You I, I get you because Spotify is the only one that, as soon as you, as soon as you click on it, it starts playing. Exactly. Do you find with other yeah. ones that that doesn't work? You have to wait like. The, yeah, if you listen buffering. to the iTunes one, yeah. obviously they support. What do you mean, us, adverts so or up. just? No, as in like. It... <laughs> this guy just told himself to shut up on air. <laughs> I don't know what's going on. Did you get you? You went no. You said shout you, out. Oh, you say shout out. You shout out. You shout out iTunes. Oh, I shout out iTunes. I know. Yeah. Now defunct. I thought you went. Um, yeah. When I use iTunes, it doesn't start straight away. So, but they support us. So shut up. <laughs> what well, you mean? There's just a little gap of bit of silence. Before. It can be like three minutes. There just no, like there whirring. Is. Where Spotify, boom, Spotify it's on straight actually, away. I told me I thought the exact same thing. Like I don't want my music and podcast together. But, it actually like but things slip. But if we listen to music at the same time, imagine the the clashes with podcasts. It'd be ridiculous. Do you, do you find just to quickly read out? Acast is like my escape. <laughs> well, you, you say that, Toby. Toby at Acast one day ago. Yeah. I just deleted the app and read only because of bugs on phone. I now can't see any of my podcasts. Have I lost them forever? Yeah, any reply? No. That's no, cutting. That. Again. I've got a, a question. Well, I'm going to tell you what happens with Maybe me. I go through phases of phases of music and podcasts. So like one week I'll be like banging mm. to podcasts, and then I'll think, fucking, hell, I haven't listened to many music for a bit, so I'll go. Into, I'll go back onto music. That's the, that's, the, minute? That's the trend. Podcast. I have similar. But you know, Lewis, that's that's, that's just there. down to um, when you say worrying, do you mean loading or is it like there's just silence on the podcast? Loading. Oh, loading. Oh, like right. buffering, basically, oh, in right, old terms, okay. in layman's terms. Um, oh, you know, um, <laughs> for the rest of this podcast, I beg we just do like a um, Lewis, your dream of like um, just casual chat. Yeah, that's what we're doing. This is still what we're still rolling now. <laughs> no, we're not. Yes, we are. I mean, it's rolling. Just leave this not. shit rolling. <laughs> um, we, there are no do, rules in this game. We, we put out what we fucking spe- want. A special about podcasts. <laughs> the platforms that we do and don't like this is the podcast matrix right now yeah, but as we're still rolling yeah I'll, I'll tell you what I liked about the film yeah go on then. Um, it was the uh, yeah Lewis how was your week the, <laughs> the, yourselves, listeners. the dichotomy between Ooh, wrong word. the Diego and the Maradona sides of his personality yeah, and it was, was like good. a running film I really liked it yeah. um, and it got so me what thinking what were the two differences so you had the Diego who was the man that um off the pitch not in the press the man who all of his friends knew and his family and then you had Maradona who was the guy you saw on the pitch the kind of the evil genius mm. 
and um, as the evil took over and it took over his life, the Maradona played more of a part and became more of a prominent role. Mm. Took more of a prominent role, and it also got me thinking about the title because obviously Amy and Senna are single names, and I was thinking, why on earth isn't it called Diego or Maradona? Mm. And then I thought maybe it's because of that. It's those two yeah. sides of his personality yeah. are. And equally the, as important on the posters are different colours as well colors. Yeah, and there's a well nice quote in the film when he was talking about um, it's as if Diego still lives on but he has to carry Maradona with him everywhere he goes mm. and then he was saying uh, then like in, uh, the interactions with Maradona um, like the coach or someone would say correct me where I'm wrong here not like not 100% on it but he said something like uh, um, do you not wish that like the, your Diego side of you is shown more and he said yes but without Maradona I wouldn't be where I am now it's like that level of like speaking exactly. to the third person. This is literally a point I've put, I've written down. It's like the evil side of him was as important as the nice side to him mm. um, in his success. And it's really um, summarised so nicely near the end of the documentary um, in an, an analogy about the uh, 86 World Cup quarterfinal against England, the famous Hand of God match where he obviously, in the same match, he broke the rules handballed a goal and it was given and then scored potentially the best goal that's ever been scored mm. and yeah it just really sums him up and yeah. yeah I think that was that was a really like quite a pertinent uh, motif shall we say you can say Jay you can mm. say yeah I thought that was really nice played out as well um, in terms of uh, again this could be like a bit of a funny one but we do give our scores out of 10 and T score out of 10 I'll give it a good 8.5 yeah Joe 9 Carlos 9 I'll give it 11 (laughs) (laughs) if I go beats the 10 (laughs) I've got a uh, I've got a question for all of you if you were Asif Kapadia yeah um, if you were like a an incredible documentary maker that works on kind of archival footage who would you want to make oh, a film quality about quality question dead or alive dead or alive dead or can alive. we go around the circle and give our just our alive ones first and then we can do the dead ones yeah is that right um alive we're doing first sorry i was i was zoned out then yeah what are we doing first? i'd like to put i'd throw it out there uh i'd like to see one about mike tyson as an as a as a shout anyone else i was gonna go for a boxer as well muhammad ali yeah just that one story about how he feigned madness to the point before a fight he got he he at the press conference only way he could get Sonny Liston scared of him is by making him Sonny Liston believe that he was actually insane Mm. because uh, you're not scared of a boxer but you're scared of an insane man Mm. and he he actually managed to fake insanity and got his heart rate up to a level that the doctor said he wasn't allowed to fight because he they thought he'd lost the plot and then he got back to his dressing room started like completely switched off, started taking deep breaths. He was like, yeah, it was all an act. He was like, get the doctor back in here. Was back down to a normal heart rate. And they were like, it's one of the most incredible things. So he was a nutcase. Like he, Mm. that'd be amazing. Yeah. Uh, Joe? Bradley Wiggins. (laughs) (laughs) Shut the fuck up. I'm not even joking. He's a no, 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 actually. Do you know? Obviously, you're yeah. joking. It's a Bradley Wiggins. Bradley Wiggins. Wiggins. I care about Bradley Wiggins. And the myth of Cyber. 
he, I don't know. When I was younger, it was from a, it was a good few years ago now when he won the Tour de France. But he just always struck me as like <laughs> he was like a proper normal bloke. And I think yeah. that's why it's a fucking boring yeah. job. <laughs> no, no, because he won he won the, the, the most difficult cycling race in the world. Can I talk? And he's a Londoner. Talking of cycling, can I read out a, a funny tweet? Yeah, that, you um, can. Talk about Bradley Wiggins. <laughs> I can't believe he stole my answer. All the people goes into. Of all, of, of all the interest, interest you had in that. Yeah. You, went, you, <laughs> you gave it for someone who's made a great film because he's normal. <laughs> it's like going on a Tinder date and saying like... No, yeah, but it's, it's the same thing. going as... on a date, getting to know someone, you tell them like the most interesting fact about you. Is that, yeah, I didn't get any detentions in <laughs> But I mean, like, it's in the same way that like Maradona is a normal because he came from a normal background. That's what I mean by normal. No, nah, he came from extreme poverty. Fucking but, lol. At but like, <laughs> hang on, but it's the same thing. It's one and the same. That's what I mean. Came from, he's a normal bloke. He's like yeah, an he everyday bloke. He wasn't born into starting. Exactly. Mm, I see that. But I'm afraid. Bradley Wiggins has got to be stuck on the record. As if if you're listening, don't listen to that. Rad. Rad. <laughs> right, T, you got a tweet about uh, cricket or something. 708 <laughs> on the 11th of Feb 2019. Ben at B underscore N. Um, I don't know what's going on. <laughs> That's literally how it's I thought I was the hanging one. Toby's just had a stroke life on it. <laughs> He's bled and had a stroke. <laughs> Fucking lol at commuting middle-aged men who treat their 3k cycle commute home from the train station like it's the fucking Giro d'Italia. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I was making thinking. Oh, yeah, that's good, that. No, I've, I've got somewhere <laughs> I'd, I'd go for, you know. Yeah, go Sachin Tendulkar. Tendulkar? Yeah. I'd go for Tendulkar. There is a film about him, actually. I don't, I don't even know who yeah. that is. I don't know who it is. <laughs> Most famous Indian cricketer of all time. Oh, really? Yeah. I got my face. Uh, Let's see who you going for. Probably Adrian Charles. <laughs> 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 This is probably this is deep. <laughs> We've really deep. Hunting. He's gone for the fucking armadillo himself. <laughs> That's actually uh, funny. Adrian um, Giles. Adrian Giles would actually be fucking nervous. <laughs> just, uh, wait, just wait uh, till we get to our dead one. <laughs> the highs and lows, the Midlands and the South. Oh, oh fucking hell. Right, here's. <laughs> That's no, gone better than expected. Dead? Dead? Uh, they don't have to be sports, do they? No. no, no, that's right. Yeah, so I was thinking, like, so obviously he's done a musician, he's done two sportsmen. Mm. Um, what's the name of that? Um, I mean, this is probably a terrible shout because they even know his fucking name. <laughs> Just, like, there's a famous artist called like Jean Michel Bastiat. Oh, yeah, 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 Bastiat. That could be quite an interesting one. <laughs> <laughs> no, Why? You're not really selling it, are you? <laughs> what do you know? Well, what do you know? Well, I, I kind of know his name. Yeah. It was like, and it was he used to do like a lot of graffiti. I don't know too much about his story. New Yorker, black um, guy, legend. Yeah. And you can go down like the, the 27 club and pick some of them. Yeah, Kurt Cobain. Like I think Jimmy Hendrix really well. is your Kurt Cobain's. Yeah. Yeah, you could get on board with that. Like a John Lennon or something. Yeah. For my dead one. <laughs> that went out like a sack of shit. For my dead one, I'd probably go to Queen. <laughs> she has been dead for a few years, but they're waiting for the right political moment to announce it to distract the country. <laughs> and we're off air. People <laughs> <laughs> ACARS was down. <laughs> Uh, Joe, I'm just kind of swerving this one. I can't actually think of anyone. Yeah, I can't think of anyone. Yeah. 
I'm more into alive people, to be honest. Joe's <laughs> <laughs> more into boring Talk, Talking of the Queen. Bradley um, is not boring. <laughs> talking He's gone through a whole scandal as well. What's the scandal? Drug scandal. What that was like a mystery package. Oh, with Brailsford, yeah. Yeah. That's what people say about me. A <laughs> mystery package. Yeah. What was what was the scandal? What was he taking? Basically, like Zanet? a lot. A lot. There's a high chance that a lot of the really good Team GB cyclists are all like, doping. Like, and there was like a proper. It was like a massive scandal. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Um, like a mystery package was delivered to him. Um, nobody knows what was in it. Well, it, um, there's Joe, similar things about me, Mo as well. Yeah, mm-hmm. Mo Farad. Mo Farad won't hear a fucking bad word again. <laughs> I, I I actually don't like him. I'm Shut up. I don't like him. Why? I think he's really arrogant. And he's a drug cheat. <laughs> I don't think and apparently he signs off his text so no that's a fucking quality <laughs> if I was a sir then I'd awesome. do that as well what was the story we were having that big um, argument about oh, Gabriel Sanasi about Gabriel Sanasi and yeah. Mofo I can't remember oh yeah I really dug my heels in about that didn't I ooh what about Dwayne Chambers <laughs> yeah that would be yeah, good he's alive I want dead people out of you That'd be so funny if he went for Senna, Amy, Dwayne, 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 Dwayne Chambers is no, is like Dwayne Chambers is fucking rock and roll. But I mean, I don't know why you laugh at Bradley Wiggins and don't laugh at Dwayne Chambers because his name's not <laughs> fucking Bradley Wiggins. It's Dwayne Chambers. <laughs> so Bradley, right? So Bradley. Um, oh, who's who's nuts? Nah, come on, we maybe can do so do, much better than what we've said. Maybe he'll do something political. Or do you think he's a bit more of a sort of culture fiend? Culture. Yeah, it's probably culture fiend. Quite hard to do political and it's more divisive. Mm. All the people that would be interesting enough to do are divisive. Oh, if he just... You know what I mean? Like someone like Thatcher. Like Obama or something. He's like, <laughs> mad. He's got all these tapes. <laughs> <laughs> Obama cheating he's on Michelle. Dr- he's a drug cheat. massive drug cheat. Yeah. <laughs> um... Right, I'll leave, we'll leave that then as a little back burner. If anyone can think of any dead blokes that they want to see films about, or blokesses they want to see films about, they give us a shout. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> hey, we might have to do a week free <laughs> attempt at this next week. No, this is going quality. Just let it fucking roll. No one gives a fuck. Um, yeah, but basically, the beauty, of, the beauty about this film and why we were so excited to go and see it, one, review it, two, uh, and why we wanted to get it right after last week's absolute fucking shit show is that um, Naples is a place quite dear to us in a, in a lot of our hearts of the people around the table in this room now. Um, speaking personally, me and T went there when we were in Toronto when we were 18. It's the first place we went and literally like been obsessed with it ever since, like the most the most incredible city. And then three of the <clears throat> three of the four of us went back there a couple of months ago for Arsenal against Napoli in uh, the Europa League. Um, so yeah, we're just so excited to talk about it. Love the city so much. Um, and it was beautiful to see how much the film uh, kind of reflected our opinions of the city as well. And it's just like manic, alive, mm. obsessed with football, kind of just an absolute like simmering like pan waiting to explode. Pretty prophetic that it's got a, got a volcano in the side of it. Isn't it? <laughs> I let that one simmer on its own. Yeah, I mean, yeah, both the times that we went, yeah, I really had that feeling mm. of a, a place that doesn't really like sleep and a very kind of intense, hot yeah, intense Mediterranean support. city. So I can only imagine 30 years ago, while Diego was there, probably even more. But the beauty of it was when we, through. the footage in the film seemed 
like the same city that we'd been to, if you know mm. what I mean. Whereas like, mm. if you saw a footage of like, I don't know, like a Chelsea player in the 80s, you'd look around and if you came to London now and walked around like, yeah, you'd think this is just like, what is this? This is nothing yeah. like I've seen it being presented. But Naples seems to be like stuck in time. Yeah, in its own it's trapped way. in time. And fittingly, it's situated right next to Pompeii as well. City, uh, yeah, sorry. I like that. <laughs> More of this. I want to see some metal that I've used, Carlos. So the other thing that the film really sells, bar football and Maradona, is Naples and the incredible kind of relationship between those two parties that were brought together. But in terms of Naples as a place, we all kind of were well excited to see the film because we've been there and we love it ourselves. Um, so now just talking about basically there's going to be a shout out to Naples and everyone that's listening to this if you haven't been already and forget what people say about Naples because it gets a really unfair bad kind of rap and just go there because it is one of the greatest places I've ever been I think I'm like if, if I say that I'm going somewhere and someone says oh are you sure are you, yeah. like you're going to be alright at night like that makes me want to go more yeah then you're doing 100%. it right no one yeah. says that about fucking like dark shit you know what I mean yeah. <laughs> that's where Bradley Wiggins is from <laughs> <laughs> and Megan the most recent time, it's funny you should say that, because the most recent time you guys went which was like a couple of months ago. Even yeah, we so. went for Arsenal against Napoli in the Europa League, if anyone cares. <laughs> but on numerous like um, news outlets, there was rumours of like hundreds of police yeah. per Arsenal <laughs> fan. <Yeah. laughs> 800 police per Arsenal fan. <laughs> because... Um, that's I mean, so it, terrifying. It, <laughs> because it is so raucous there and so dangerous yeah. for tourists. And obviously the fact it's a football match just completely amplifies that. And the fact that um, it's Brits abroad as well. And I w- Yeah, I Brits well. abroad. It's just a recipe for disaster, well. really. And I would be lying um, if I said after after seeing those like articles. And like, I mean, they prob- they were from like the Daily Mail, to be fair. Mm-hmm. But if I, if I if a little bit of... I didn't get a pang of worry running through me. <laughs> well, I, I'm not going to lie, I did say my goodbyes, like, seriously, <laughs> yeah. before we went. No, but on, I like, said goodbye for real, like, this could be it. Yeah, yeah, on, on a real, you, like... You've been everywhere. <laughs> yeah. I genuinely was a little bit, like, after seeing those articles, like, like are they actually going to be all right? Yeah. It's Liverpool the Europa League. This is, this is, this is, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So, Liverpool fans got stabbed. It's a big deal. Obviously, we know about Nap. We don't, like, we don't need to say anything about Napoli fans because yeah. it's a given. I, they're I also, they're an incredibly passionate I also wonder, group. though, like, I, I think maybe our perception was a little bit wrong and I think maybe I've come away from that game kind of changing my perception. I think they're just adoring yeah. and I actually don't know how violent they realistically are. Like, yeah, well, I mean... I don't know. I think nah, they, that's the people who... Yeah, 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 yeah. I think what you've got to say is that the police just absolutely smash it. Yeah. yeah. And actually, I think it's quite... Just talking about... On the, actual, the police. on the actual police. <laughs> <laughs> so he hates Mo Farah and he loves the police. <laughs> well, why, why don't you just... My next question was going to be, like, how did you find it? Yeah, well, what kind of sums up... One, like, the, everyone's fears and everything else is whenever you do, like, away days in Europe with, like, a football team, you kind of typically will go to, like, the like local like town square take it over like drink all day like cause a scene do whatever like hopefully be respectful but like make make your presence felt let's put it that way and this was the first time i've ever been away somewhere where basically everyone was too like shitting themselves to like walk you wouldn't even walk openly with like your arsenal colors on there's no like idea of let's just go and like meet in a town square and like make everyone know that like arsenal are here now which is what like which like is such a like 
different world to every other away experience that I've ever had. But the journey that we had from the... Uh, basically, we all had to meet down by the port. At what time was it? Like five hours. Like three before. hours before. Yeah, we had to go meet by the port and we were going to get basically like chaperone. Have you ever seen... Have anyone ever seen The Dark Knight? Yeah. Oh, you know yes. What I mean? You know, when the, when the when clown, the big robbery yeah. sequence at the start. Yeah. I mean, at the start of the Dark Knight, the Joker robs a bank or whatever, and then he like manages to cut away in like and he gets away in part of like a sharabang of school buses. Mm. Basically, that's what they laid on for us was like a load of school buses that they'd borrowed, and then with like police around every side of it. So we had to go down and meet at the port first, get on these buses. Everyone was like sneaking drinks in. And it was all a little bit like don't really feel that comfortable at the minute. And the police, I don't know, it didn't really feel very welcoming. It wasn't, it wasn't very nice. But then we got on the buses and it was absolutely ramo on the buses. And then basically from where the port is to where the stadium is, is about like a 20 minute drive. And they managed to make the journey last like an hour and a half. We, we drove the wrong way. We, we drove like, <laughs> it was like going from say Greenwich to like, uh, where would you be going to? Somewhere like London Bridge, but you go London via, Bridge, like, but you went no, but you went round the M25 <laughs> the whole way, all the way to the top and then back down. It yeah, was, they decided they that they couldn't keep us safe if they took us through the back streets. So they literally did like for a good half an hour. We were driving very fast yeah. in the wrong direction, and then we slowly turned around and started, and then. And we were still in the ground like 45 minutes early. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and it must be said as well, like the whole stadium was full by mm. that point. Like, I think what's so admirable um, is the fact that, yeah, I don't know, From I haven't seen it before much. I, I, I went to, I was fortunate to go to La Bombonera last year, so I saw it with Boca. But the fans, you know, they'll be in the ground for like three hours in total. So yeah. they'll get there a good hour before kickoff. And it's about welcoming the team on, watching them train, mm. trying to really scare the away team. And yeah, you really get the sense that like, the this is, like, the point of the day is mm. this match, mm. where in London, because there's so many factors, like, one, there's like 10 different clubs that are all fairly major, but it's like a passing, like, oh yeah, you'll get to the game to kick off. Da, 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 yeah. da, da. But there's, this is like, this is, this is match day, like, this is all that matters today, yeah. it's this. Let's get to the same. It's such a like bubbling, yeah. bubbling under the surface. But, um, yeah, in general, the game went well. Arsenal won one 0 from Lacazette free kick. We didn't see any trouble whatsoever, so we all felt a little bit let short changed on that regard. Yeah, I remember Carlos. Carlos, what was it you said when you left about dying to be either like <laughs> punch in the face or stabbed because you're so <laughs> you're so ready? For yeah, it. I was. I, I had so much adrenaline getting ready for all these nuts Italians, and then all I did was have a lovely pizza and watch <laughs> watch an easy one 0 win. Like yeah. I felt, yeah. I didn't get my money's worth. A little <laughs> stabbing would have been nice. Or I think you did few. try to get stabbed at one point. I think the clo the closest we saw to kind of like ultras basically was when we just picked up some pizzas and we just like yeah. eat them in the street. And Carlos went for a beer beer run on his own, and it was like. Basically, yeah, there are I these picked... ultras like outside of this shop, and Carlos was like, right, "I'm going to go to that one then." Yeah, I picked the one with the ultras outside, and then the best part about it was they were looking at me. You could tell I was English, whatever, but I wasn't dressed like a football fan, so yeah, I don't yeah. think they put two and two together. It was Easter weekend as well, so you could be we a bit like under the radar. Yeah, and then I went in, and then I don't know what happened to my concept of like euro to the pound exchange rates, but I went in and bought uh, <laughs> I went in and bought five beers, like bottles. Um, and I think it, no, it was four. It was four and it came to like eight euros. Yeah, it was like eight or nine euros. And I came back like, 
I look how cheap these beers were. <laughs> I just got the most banging deal, like playing the system. You know that two euros is like two pound fifty. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, Naples was. Um, yeah, before I went, actually, someone was telling me that like the whole city's just been um, just raided by the mafia. Anything of value was taken. All the gold from the buildings, all the artwork, just all taken by the mafia. And like I was told that uh, you could, if you're walking around, you'd see bullet holes in all the walls. <laughs> So I spent half the trip looking for bullet holes. I didn't see one. I didn't see a single bullet hole. So. There's a rogue bloke with a drill there one day. <laughs> well, yeah, me and, uh, me and Toby also went there when we first fell in love with it, when we were like 18. Um, and that was the time when I first, I really was like hit by the feeling of like, this place is, you're only a couple of hours flight away from London, but this feels different. And like it's quite hard to achieve that in Europe, especially in like Western Europe, mm. of like this is actually a really different place with a different set of values and different culture. But one of the best, one of the best days we had when we went there was, uh, and I actually can't believe that at least two out of the four in this room haven't heard this story because I think I've told everyone I've ever met in my life. Joe, have you heard it about climbing a volcano? No. Oh, all right, sweet. I haven't heard all right, it. right, right. Me and Tony can tell you this then. Day two last time when we were like eighteen, fresh out of school. Uh, young, like looking young, acting young. Um, <laughs> I was still chubby back then. <laughs> Those were the glory years. That's how you know it was a long time. <laughs> a long time. Um, basically, we'd obviously everyone had said if you go to Naples, then you've got to go to Mount Vesuvius uh, and see like the volcano and see like Pompeii and all that shit. What are, you, what are you tweeting about? Blood on blood on floor. <laughs> There's more blood coming out. So, uh, just, well, I, I, by the way, this is keeping this. This carpet. keeps on rolling. Toby, <laughs> Toby's, Toby's still bleeding. Just bled all over Joe's carpet. I'm gonna have to sort that out. <laughs> <laughs> I'll do it. I'll do it. I'll do it. No, do no, it. no, no, no. Carry on. Carry you ain't gonna be able to wipe it off. It's blood. You got to put white wine on it. So yeah, we 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 wanted to go and have a look around Vesuvius and get to the top of it because it's like a classic like tourists it's like seeing Big Ben or whatever so first off we had to get a train to the bottom of it and then they said we spoke to like a few different tourist offices and they're like yeah there's literally there's no way you can just like walk up it like that's that's impossible and you'll never get there in time to then get back down again like it's massive like it's a proper big mountain but like you've got to get a bus the whole way up like that's it and then uh, but obviously us uh, it was me we were like fuck that <laughs> <laughs> And Theo Jones, who's out there somewhere now, is also with us. Um, he's still up there. He's still... <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, we were like, yeah, Theo, literally. He's still, he's still waiting for the bus. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, we just started like marching up it anyway. Um, bear in mind, at this point, it's, it's getting on to like, past midday. Mm. But we've left it quite it's late. fucking hot. And it was ludicrously hot. Mm. Ludicrously hot. So we were marching up it... Um, and then it got to a certain point and we were like, I'm not going to lie to you lads, they, those people weren't lying, we're nowhere near. Like, we couldn't even see the top at this point, we were just like walking around like base camp. And then, and then uh, because it was the summer and they couldn't police it, they'd shut like the national park that was in the middle of it. So instead of being able to just like walk straight up it on like a path, you'd have to like wind round it on the actual, we were literally just walking the way the coach would have gone anyway. <laughs> we didn't do it because it was like 15 euros or something. It was like the Italian job on foot. <laughs> But then, so we walked up for a bit and we're like, you know, this is it's mad to be walking around the side of this mountain rather than just walking up it. So then we like jumped into the national park. We're like, right, we'll just like forage our own way, make our own route up this. And then we've been there for like a, not long, like 10, 15 minutes walking along and suddenly like this 
like security guard on his moped is like razzing it around, like making sure no one's in there. <laughs> so, <laughs> definitely had a gun. As well. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe a rocket or something. <laughs> <laughs> and he had a dog with him, didn't he? Yeah, massive. So dog. we like we like uh, legged it into like the undergrowth and um, just like hid from him for ages, and that like kind of set the tone for the day. Then we started just walking like, again, the path wasn't quite direct enough for us. So we just started like, right, we're just gonna walk, keep on just walking up until we get to the top. Like, don't worry about if there's a path or anything, we're just gonna aim up and keep going upwards. And then literally after like an hour and a half, we get to a point that's not that much close to the top that we were already. Like all of our legs are just like lacerated, bleeding everywhere, we walked through like bramble, like breaking everything, like, it, was, it was horrible. And then, um, so we're like, right, this, is, this isn't really working, it's not really working. Then we tried to get back onto the street, <clears throat> walked up that for a bit, and then like the heavens, by this time it's like early evening, the heavens absolutely opened, and like it was pissing it down. Thunderstorm. Like yeah. thunderstormed, pissing and it we down. And we were pretty close to the sky at this point. <laughs> <laughs> so then, uh, and then um, like all the, all the cars from the top were just like, fuck this, and we're like bombing it back down. Like clearly it's not safe to be at the top anymore. And then we were like, oh, we've literally fucked this, boys. Like, we're nowhere near the top. And we nowhere near the bottom. Nowhere near the bottom. We, we, whatever happens now, we've missed the last train back into Naples. We're like a 40-minute train ride out of Naples. We've like got no way of getting either up or down. And we're, and we're completely stranded in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> so we're just like, right, we've, we've fucked it. We're going to have to try and hitchhike our way back. So then we, like, we basically used Theo as like bait. And like pretending that he was really, really injured because he was bleeding all over himself. So we laid him out in the street and we were like, like any passerby, we were like saying, please, please, our friend is like dying. And he stopped. And then an ambulance went past and didn't even fucking stop. They'd be on the top. And then I can't describe it, like an actual angel came, picked us up, put us all in a thing. Theo's still at this point, just like, like Toby now, yeah. just bleeding all over this yeah, woman's yeah. car. And then she drives us back to within about 30 seconds of where our hostel was. Yeah. Listen brilliant. To brilliant, brilliant. Had a pizza. Had a pizza and boxed yeah. it off, yeah. And that's it, tone for just Naples is an unbelievable place. Mm. We've had Maradona, we've had Naples, we've had thrills, we've had spills, we've had blood on the carpet. It's been a pleasure. Joe, Carlos, say goodbye. Goodbye. See you later, guys. <laughs>